Hi, I'm Amber Cook. Welcome to my podcast, The Dragonfly Connection. Join me every week for open, honest, and real conversations about courage, transformation, and resilience to inspire and empower you to live your best life. This podcast is sponsored by HealingWays.com, helping you on your wellness journey. Visit HealingWays, that's Healing, W-A-Z-E dot com to find verified wellness professionals and holistic health resources. Hey friends, thank you for being patient as I do my best to get my podcast episodes out while also navigating summer break with my now recently turned 11-year-old daughter, Daphne. As any parent knows, summer break definitely comes with its own unique set of scheduling challenges. The nice little heat waves and lack of good AC don't help either. My goal is to return to weekly podcast episodes in September when she's back in school. I talked a lot in my last episode, which was a solo one, so I'm going to keep today's intro brief and focus on my guest, Anna Marie Frank. She calls us healing beings, and I couldn't agree more. Anna Marie is a doctor of traditional naturopathy, brain health professional, certified mindset life guide coach, and a lover of life. She is an author, podcast host, and an employee wellness consultant. Her mission is to end mental health stigmas and help all people upgrade their brains and biology through lifestyle choices. She believes that our neural pathways can be rewired through using holistic modalities to work on the physical and energetic level. In this episode, Anna Marie shares how she healed her own brain after years of depression and challenges with dyslexia and ADHD. And if all that isn't enough, she is also the author of the self-improvement book, Stop Bullying Yourself for Greater Health, Wealth, Happiness, and Success. You can learn more about her and her work in the show notes. I've also included a link to purchase her book. There are so many great tips in this episode. I don't want to keep you waiting any longer. Let's dive in. Thanks for being here. I'm yeah. So excited. So Anna Marie, I first of all like to ask all my guests where you're at in the world. I'm in California. Okay. Bakersfield right. in the desert. <laughs> now I see that your business, Happy Whole You, has two locations. We used to have four. Okay. And then COVID, there was a couple of the locations that sold to doctors. So they're using our modalities, but under a different name. Oh, that's And cool. so, yeah. So right now we have uh, Raleigh, North Carolina and Bakersfield, California. That's awesome. Well, so your modalities are being used by these other doctors. It's just under a different name. Well, I would say not specifically my modalities. Okay. Happy Whole You has a unique approach where we bring in all these different modalities and how we compile them to help people in their health is pretty cool. But it's other. So we combine high tech mm-hmm. with old school Chinese medicine, holistic health. So it's not a one size fits all. We kind of bring the old with the new and it's pretty rad. <laughs> that is pretty rad. Yeah. I read you do biofeedback or neurofeedback, mm-hmm. which, which one? Biofeedback. Bio. Okay. Mm-hmm. What are some of the other techie things you bring in or is that the main one? No biofeedback. We have medical grade sauna, biocharger, yeah. beamer therapy, theta therapy. Um, I do energy work on people. What else do we do? We do some fun stuff like aura readings, mm-hmm. um, inner voice analysis, which is really super cool. And that we can do remotely. Oh, that's um, cool. Okay. We analyze like the top four frequencies coming off your voice and the organ systems that are being impacted by your top four emotional blockages. And we send you like these audios that you can meditate to and it sends you your four healing colors. And I don't know, it's just, it's pretty cool. Like a lot of people kind of 
skim over that one because um, they're just not familiar with it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And then I, I have a hypnotherapist that works mm-hmm. there. Um, we're going to be doing some sports medicine massage and cool. yeah. So it's, it's yeah. my special place. Yeah, totally holistic. Oh my God. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you. I had never heard of that voice. You said voice recognition therapy. It's called inner voice therapy. Inner voice. Okay. I don't know why I came up with voice recognition <laughs> in tech still. I don't know. Um, <laughs> that is really, really cool. And what a great new tool to like, just bring the self-awareness, right? Like, yeah, I'm sure you're, you're of the belief that self-awareness is super important. I think most uh, of them I mean, are, right? It's like the first that's, step. <laughs> yeah, that's totally, I mean, that's how I started to heal my own brain was like becoming more self-aware versus looking outside myself for, you know, healing and blaming and all that. It's like, you have to go within and it can be, can be a scary thing, but it's really not once you start doing the work. Like, I think that's, that's what a lot of people are like, oh, it's scary. I don't want to pay, mm-hmm. you know, deal with my stuff. And it's like, no, you do. <laughs> we should. <laughs> it's a part of your evolution in this lifetime. Yeah. So important. And so, like you said, so important and so worth it. So mm-hmm. worth it. So um, before we talk more about that, because we are going to talk a lot about that. I like to ask really important questions first. Like, what are you reading right now? <laughs> oh my gosh. Let's see. Um, okay. So I do have to tell you, I usually have four or five books next to my bed all yeah, the time. Me too. <laughs> I'm reading a book on neuro linguistic programming. Okay. So I, yep. I dove, okay. dove into that. Um, this is not the life I ordered by, I'm trying to think Jennifer Weigel. It's just kind of like a fun, entertaining book. Okay. I usually go back and I'll reread other books that mm-hmm. I have to like breaking the habit of being yourself um, and then I do a lot of, um, like in Chinese medicine, the Chinese have mapped the face and there's all these different facial recognition, like oh, these, there you go. Okay. <laughs> these little, um, these tendencies that people have in these markings on the face. And there's mm-hmm. so many of them. And so when I work with clients, I look for different characteristic traits in terms of what their face is sharing with me and then mm-hmm. health information from what their face is sharing with me. So I have a book that I'm constantly like going over and reading because there's a lot of information there. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest ones is so the listeners can hear this, but one of the biggest things um, that's easy is like your ear. If your mm-hmm. ear is attached to the side of your head in terms of the lobe, yeah. um, you are probably most likely not going to move far from your family. Family is so important to you and you have to have that physical closeness in terms of, you know, geographically with your family. And if you're separated from that, you probably won't be separated too long or that's really, really hard on you. Whereas my lobe is kind of like open and free Mm -hmm. and I from Michigan, but I moved to California and yes, I miss my family. I love my family. I'm a family person, but I don't have to like physically be close to them. Uh-huh. So that's a fun little thing to look at. And then, you know, like your tongue says so much about your health and your eyes. And so all that fun stuff. So yeah. Oh, that's really cool. That ear thing is really cool. And totally is true in my family. When I compare myself, my ear to my husband's, he yeah. used to live <laughs> really close to where he grew up and he is not one to ever leave. I mean, like you talk about it, but I, there's huh? major hesitation there. And yeah. I'm like, I would live somewhere new every year if I could. Yeah. And I have the dangly earlobe. Yeah. It's got yeah. the real close one. That's awesome. Oh, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That's yeah, fun. Totally. 
Yeah. And that tongue thing, I remember the first time I went to a naturopath and she told me to stick out my tongue. I'm like, what? Yeah. Thinking about, and a lot of my uh, acupuncturists will do the same thing. And it's mm-hmm. so cool. So yeah. cool. I love it. it. Yeah. So let's dive a little bit more into that super cool stuff that you do and how you help other people. I just want to mention that I did listen to the most recent, for when I'm recording this now, episode on your podcast called How Holistic Medicine Was Killed in the U.S. And I loved it. (laughs) I loved it so much. And I've actually already shared the link of that episode. I have a private Facebook group, but I've already shared it in there to tell people to like, listen to this because this is what I've been screaming from the rooftops. I have been a holistic practitioner, massage therapist, Reiki practitioner for almost 20 years. It is my passion to help bring recognition and respect back to natural, holistic, alternative, and in most cases, ancient healing methods. It's the reason it's a huge reason behind this podcast, like I told you before. And the main reason why I created healingways.com, which is a directory where we can people can find practitioners like you. So I'm not going to ask you if you take insurance or not. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Because I understand why it is a touchy, touchy subject. Yeah, I fully agree with the frustration behind it. I believe all insurance should cover naturopathic. For sure. And I want to stop right there because I want to hear you say naturopathic because it's different than I say it. Uh, naturopathy or naturopathy. Naturopathy. That was. Yeah. It. I was like, oh, that's a different way than I say. Yeah. It. Yeah. There's a diff- there's a couple different ways to say it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I just want to mention that some insurance does actually cover naturopathic mm-hmm. medicine. I just want to add that on because I live in a state that I am just so grateful for. I'm in Oregon, and oh, okay, yeah, good. I have always had insurance that covers my naturopathic doctor. And in fact, they're always my, I'm able to have them as a primary care provider. Right now I'm even on the state insurance and it covers it. So like major blessings to live here. And this is how it should be across the country. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. That's the thing is every country or every country, every, well, yeah, every country, but every state has different laws on how a naturopath can practice, how an ND can practice, how a holistic practitioner can practice. Mm -hmm. And it's, I mean, it's silly. It really is. So, so silly. Mm -hmm. And in this podcast episode that I talked about, and I want everyone to listen to, um, you covered extensively the history. And that's kind of how, you know, how holistic medicine was killed. Can you remind me when it became in our society that this type of medicine or healing modality became quackery. Yeah. And so it was around when the Flexner report came out. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, I want to back up to the quackery yeah. because first and foremost, term. I hate well, <laughs> quackery really came up because it was used again. It was used to describe MDs that we know of MDs today Mm-hmm. allopathy medicine. Yeah. So around, I want to say like 1895 to like 1920, mm-hmm. there was a lot of space in between there where there was a lot of changes happening, but ultimately they used to, you would go to an allopathic doctor and they would give you this silver liquid 
and it had lead and it had heavy metals in it. So if you got sick, you would drink it and it would make you literally quack like a duck, like because of heavy metals make you do a lot of weird stuff. Right. And so there was this big thing about don't go to allopathy because they're quacks. Yeah. So then what happened was that was like a big, whoa, we've got to kind of, there was a lot of money around that. We've got to change that and shift that. And so then that, the quacks that got turned around and put on um, holistic health medicine and holistic uh, naturopathic doctors. And then that was around the same time that I talk about on the podcast, the Carnegie's and the Rockefeller's and how they Mm -hmm. fundamentally, literally these businessmen went in and with millions of dollars and changed the trajectory of healthcare into sick care in our whole country. Yeah. And that was in pretty recent history. Right. Like, I mean, yeah. Early, early oh, 1900s. I can't re- yeah. remember yeah. the years. Yeah. By like 19, I think by like 1920 to the uh, 1940s. I mean, that, it drastically changed. So you're looking at literally a hundred years ago, mm-hmm. how healthcare was in this country was completely different than what it is now. And like I said on the podcast, like I am not against Western medicine. I mean, there's some really good stuff that yeah. that is there, but the fact that people have to choose between holistic health, you know, homeopathic and allopathy, it, it just it shouldn't have to be a one or the other. It should be an all inclusive approach to healing. But you know, in allopathy, they just focus on the physical aspect of the body and they focus on blood chemistry. Where homeopathy is, you know, it's all encompassing. It's the energy within the cells. Cause if you go inside every single cell till you can't go anymore, the only thing left is energy. So if we don't pay attention to the energy within the cells in the body and around the body, we're missing a whole piece of healing. And I always remind people how we are electromagnetic and we are actually healing beings. Like if you think about the, when you bump your knee, what's the very first thing you do? You put your hand on it. Yeah, totally. Because that is a natural instinct. Mm -hmm. So, so anyway, so I feel like, you know, there's good, but then there's also, we're missing large pieces of healing. And the fact that in our country, we're like, oh, we have no cures for diabetes and heart disease and cancers is, is BS. It's, I, I don't, I don't believe that for one second. Um, I've had clients that no longer can detect lupus in their blood. I have clients that have had some really amazing results. So just my subjective feedback is I've seen it. I've seen people heal with things that doctors said that, you know, allopathy said, oh, no, you just take this pill the rest of your life. This isn't going to change. And that's wrong. And that's wrong to let people believe that they, their bodies can't heal themselves, right? With the right things. So yeah. Yes. Amen, sister. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Totally. And I know like I, I have people ask me things like, you know, I'm afraid to try this something totally safe. I, you know, I, I can't think of an example, but you know, I have these migraines and someone said to try this, but I'm, I'm afraid of it because most, you know, I've always believed this is pseudo or it is pseudoscience. And somebody's literally said that to me once I was like, pseudoscience, wait a minute wait a minute. (laughs) And I just like went on a big lecture. Because again, let's say let's go back to like most of this stuff Mm -hmm. is very traditional, like in a sense that it's, it's been used for by our ancestors. And Mm -hmm. it is obviously not new. What's new is the concept that it's quote unquote quackery. And like you said, it's a holistic approach. We're going to talk about brain health and you know, which is part of mental health, because 
that's what your type of modalities mm-hmm. address is everything the yeah. physical the mental and you don't just you don't just look at the symptoms you look at the root causes which is super important yeah like you nailed it on the head it's the yeah. root causes like that's what we need to be getting towards yeah we can mitigate and you know manage symptoms but if you never get to the root cause and honestly like and this is me totally being on a judgmental pedestal so forgive (laughs) me everyone but I'm a very like transparent person like when I have thoughts come in my head I see them and it's like and of course everything I say is based on my own life experience and my perception of things right So to me, it's real to you. It might not be real, right? but I do feel that when people are like, like they're questioning, I think people should question everything. Like, let's Mm -hmm. do that. That's beautiful. And that helps us gain knowledge. But when they're like, Oh, I don't know if I want to try this because blah, blah, blah. I think people just don't want to spend the money. Yeah. Right. Like in this country, we used to spend so much money a hundred years ago on our food and what we were eating and all of that. And now like we don't even spend, I think what it 20% of, of our income on food, Mm -hmm. food is your medicine. And so um, I just think many people want a quick fix. And so one of the first things I tell people when you come to me, listen, you're going to have 30, 60 days of things shifting for you. This isn't a quick fix. I do have clients, they feel a difference in three to seven days. Yeah. Like that that happens all the time, but I don't set them up to think it's going to happen that way. So when it does, they're like super pumped, but you have to give your body time to shift and heal, you know? And so I think sometimes people are just not, not ready to put in the time to put in the work and to spend the money because, you know, we're, we live in such a sick society and it didn't happen overnight. It's like, you know, I'm 40 years old. And so Uh, There's a lot of things in my body that for 40 years, and I take pretty darn care of myself. So I can't imagine, you know, other people that are 60, 70, you know, there's a lot of work to be done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that whole like, well, you know, so-and-so, my parents ate this or, you know, I was given this as a kid and I'm fine. Well, are you? (laughs) But that's a whole nother topic for another podcast episode. Before we talk about the beautiful work that you actually do that and includes brain health, like I mentioned before, what made you, what did you go through in your life personally that made you want to make this your career and even more of a focus on the brain health part? Well, um, ever since I was little, I never felt like I was good enough. It was just like always this weird feeling, even though I, you know, I had a good family. I was good at sports. I had a lot of things going for me, right? And in high school, I started to probably what today they would diagnose me as saying I was depressed back then because people didn't really be like, oh, yeah, depression and anxiety. Like those words weren't like used around like they are today to label people so quickly. Mm-hmm. So looking back, I was experiencing depression. And that's what I always tell people. Don't say you have depression. Don't say you have anxiety. It's something you're experiencing. It's not ours to have. Like don't own that label. And so experiencing depression in high school, it started. And I mean, I had a lot of good things. Like most people I probably went to high school with were like, are you kidding me? Like you were popular, you did sports, like your life was perfect, right? Like, because you just never know what someone's truly going through. Mm -hmm. And then I go into university. I was an athlete, got my degree. And then in, I was early, like 22, 23 years old. When I got into my career, I really 
was experiencing depression on a level that I had never experienced it before. And so I thought, oh, and I, I ate decent. I exercised. I was not overweight. I, you know, I, so it's not like I wasn't taking care of myself, like in an extreme um, standard American diet sort of way. And then I decided, okay, I'm going to go to a doctor because that's what you do. You go to someone in a white coat and you tell them. And so I was like, well, I'm super de- freaking depressed. And I was like a victim in my own mind. And I thought, I'm just going to go to this doctor and tell him to give me whatever is going to fix my brain so I can be happy. Mm-hmm. I literally spent like 10 or 15 minutes with the psychiatrist and he wrote me three prescriptions. I took them and became, and I'm simplifying, but became suicidal. Mm-hmm. I got even more depressed. And so I kept going back, searching for the answer of switch this pill, switch this pill. And what I came to the conclusion of my last visit that I went is ultimately, luckily I had this little light inside of me that was like, wake up. Like you are the only person that can make yourself better, that can make yourself happy. And yeah, and there was an experience in the visit with that doctor that literally I walked out of there and I threw my prescriptions away. He had already written my prescriptions before he saw me. He pulled them out of my chart. Like I'd already made my prescriptions before he even saw me or evaluated me, which that's the other thing with mental health. There is no way to scan in terms of brain chemistry and allopathic medicine. We have no way to measure brain chemistry. There's no way to do it. Right. So the biggest thing you can do is get a spec scan, which measures the blood flow to the different um, hemispheres of the brain and the different areas of the brain. And you can get a good conclusion there of why your behavior is what it is. But anyway, so I left and it was uh, up and down for a few years, but I really had to start healing my own brain. And so I thought if you can rewire a computer I should be able to rewire my brain. And that was my process. Mm -hmm. And so I just like everything I was doing, because I was so unhappy, I just started to do the things that other happy people did. And I started to just kind of rewire and re, you know, paint my life in in a different way. I started doing that. And what I learned along the way um, were all these different modalities. And some of the things I do today, I didn't have access to. Um, But now I love that I can provide those to other people so they can get results a lot quicker than I had. Um, And yeah, it's just been a whole process, but you literally have to, and what I had to do was I had to change my environment. I had to change the way I was thinking. I had to change who I was being around. And that was really, really key. Yes, I could exercise. Yes, I could eat salads all day long. But if you don't change what's going on, but in your head, then it's really, that's where you get the most traction is you have to start, start changing how you're thinking because in what you're thinking, really, when you change what you think, it'll start to shift how you think. And that's really, really powerful. Yeah, definitely. Um, You mentioned something. I want to just go back to this real quick about the chemistry. There's so many people that I hear just take some type of antidepressant, which Time and place, maybe I'm not going to speak to that at all. But, but I believe if you do take an antidepressant, you need to be seeing some a therapist or somebody. You don't uh, just yeah. take medication and go off into the world because that doesn't actually change your mind, like you were saying. I hear people say, "My, I have to do this because I just have a chemical imbalance." Yeah, and so, so they have been trained. We have been trained in society that you take medication because for your mental health because you have a chemical imbalance. Is that true? 
So this is what I believe. Okay. I believe the chemicals, meaning the hormones and the neurotransmitters in your brain and in your body are not firing and wiring properly due to a nutritional deficiency. So for example, for you to even be able to produce the neurotransmitter and hormone serotonin, Mm -hmm. which is your mood stabilizing feel good hormone that can also convert to melatonin at night to help you sleep. For you to even begin to think to make that in your body, you need the amino acid tryptophan and you need vitamin B6. So if we're putting people on, you know, these SSRIs because, oh, you're not happy, so you must not have enough serotonin, that is such a reductionist approach because there is something foundationally going on. And that's where, you know, you can go into the gut because a lot of your serotonin is made in the gut. So we have to take care of our gut health and all that, but everything directly impacts your brain function and how you think. And so, yeah, like, no, yeah. Your brain chemistry is probably off. Your gut chemistry is off. You have a lot of miswiring going on in the body, but I'll tell you right now, your doctor doesn't know what the hell that is. They don't know what the chemistry is. I don't know what your chemistry is. Nobody does. There's no way to evaluate that. Yeah, that drives me crazy. Yeah, I'm going to take this piece and put this out. Just this little soundbite. Put it in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Because, right, that's just another like, oh, you just have a chemical imbalance. Here's your meds. Send you out. so wrong. (laughs) You're not like made that way. You weren't made with a chemical imbalance. (laughs) Right, right. And you can... Like, it's like genetics, right? Like people are like, oh, it's my genetics. It's like, listen, genetics loads the gun and your lifestyle pulls the freaking trigger. So yes. we need to recognize that you can have different tendencies of, you know, different, you know, there's like seven different forms of ADHD. You can have these different things based on the blood flow in the brain and all that. And then as you age, say you got, in a car accident, you had whiplash or you played football and had multiple blows to the head. And you've had like all of these things that compile to literally TBIs and it will impact how your brain is functioning. If you've been hit in the head side to side multiple times, you probably could end up having temporal lobe issues and ADHD, temporal lobe ADHD and have anger issues and being short tempered. And, but that might not come up till you're, you know, 50, 60 years old, you know? So So we do know that with, especially Dr. Amen's um, research with the Amen clinics, and I have training, um, I'm actually a certified brain health professional through them. Nice. And I learned so many wonderful things about all of the things we can do based on how your brain functions Mm -hmm. and what we can do holistically first. And then yes, if medications are needed, okay. And I do want to throw in here, I know I keep rumbling, but no. With all, <laughs> with everything with COVID. So this is for all of us. Mm-hmm. This is the thing, you guys, when we are in this fight or flight mode, right? This sympathetic nervous system response, your limbic system, this amygdala in your brain is literally on overdrive. Yeah. When that happens and you're in this fight or flight mode in most, a lot of people, they feel it and then it becomes their normal. So they live in this heightened state. It literally cuts you off from your prefrontal cortex, which is the frontal lobe of your brain that gives you your executive thinking and decision-making. Mm-hmm. So So many of us during this pandemic with the stress, with all the whatever, so many of 
of us are not even functioning and being able to make these executive decisions. So a lot of people are questioning themselves or they're making decisions that, you know, a year from now, they're like, oh my gosh, I would have never done that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just important to recognize that we are in this heightened state and that's where doing breath work or just taking a moment to just sit back and chill before you make a decision. Uh, this is why I actually created this supplement called Calm You during the pandemic. I <laughs> literally launched my line in nice. October 2020 because it was like, oh my gosh, like people need simplicity and an easy access to get support that they need because it's, I mean, things got crazy as everybody knows. Yeah. Well, and they're still crazy in just yeah, different, for ways sure. every day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> different ways every day. Just like, Oh, I don't even know what to think anymore. And that yeah. probably from what I'm hearing, part of why we are just kind of stunted. We don't know what to think anymore. I mean, there's a lot of different reasons, but definitely because mm-hmm. we're in that flight or flight fight or flight state yeah. constantly and all the reasons you just mm-hmm. mentioned. So I want to talk more about that and get some great tips on how we can help ourselves. But I want to go back to something you said when I, I always ask my guests, what do you want to focus on? And <clears throat> you said something about that we're constantly downloading information in our body and energy field. Yeah. And that these downloads are impacting our emotional brain health. So I want you to elaborate. Tell me what you mean by all that. (laughs) Yeah. So this is just a way like that I compartmentalize things in my brain. Mm -hmm. So everybody out there, I want you to think of your brain as like, think of it as like your smartphone. Okay. And there are all these apps that you constantly have running. And the thing about it is you are constantly downloading information every day. So you're downloading information based on all, every time you take a bite of food, you're downloading information. Like if you're eating blueberries, there's fiber in them and it's telling your body, slow down digestion, absorb these polyphenols, protect the brain. Like this, it's literally everything you eat is downloading information to your cells. Um, These cancer cells keep divided because we have all this sugar and all this junk and yay, we can survive, you know? So, so your food is constantly downloading information, how you move your body. If everybody took a deep breath right now and sat up straight, pulled your shoulders back and smiled, you literally just shifted the biochemical makeup in your body. You just increase blood flow to the brain because when you pull your shoulders back and bring them down and you breathe, you tell your body, hey, bring more blood flow to the brain. And then you also shoulders back, chest up, breathing. You also say, hey, I have more confidence, Mm -hmm. right? It's information that is downloading the conversations you choose to partake in. You know, like when I, I do a lot of coaching, so I, words are very important and they're very impactful and every word you say and every word someone else says carries a very specific frequency that has different energy and how it impacts not only what's downloading in your brain and your body, but also in your energy field, because everything that I'm talking about, I'm talking about how it like goes in the body, but you also have to realize your body is more energy than it is physical matter. So this is literally like, it's literally programming. Like right now you can't see the internet. Right. Like we have all this zeros and ones around our brains and around our heads and in the air and in the ground and like everywhere. You can't see it, but it's constantly sending information, 
right? Like you and I are talking, my computer is not plugged into anything and I see you on the screen and I'm talking and you are literally gathering my information. Well, it's going into my computer, but it's not attached to anything. So how the heck does it get to you, right? It's through frequencies, it's through energy and it's downloading information right in front of you in time of me giving this information. So we all have this ability to constantly be downloading information and we have to pay attention to the downloads we are allowing in, what you're choosing to listen to or what you're choosing to watch um, on TV, the news, social media, all of that is giving you information and downloading information, what you're eating, how you're moving your body, the conversations you partake in. All of this is giving your body information. So the whole point of the downloads is literally start to pay attention to the things you're doing every single day repeatedly and ask yourself, okay, well, why am I doing this for one, right? Not bad or good, but we do have these tendencies and it's like, okay, why do I always do that? Oh, that's interesting. Could I shift it into this? Like I'm all about the added method. So how can we add and how can we shift and how can we change a few things without being like, take that away? right? Because once we go to take it away, our brain's like, oh, heck no, right? How do you think I got to 2022 as a species, right? It was because, not because I was, you know, stuff away. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I already went through famine. I don't want that, right? Like, that's a big thing when people are trying to lose weight. Yeah. The one thing, instead of saying I'm losing, I need to lose weight, like people say, oh, I'm trying to lose weight and I can't lose weight. Well, no, You've been through so much trauma and drama in your life and as a species that when your brain and your subconscious registers lose, you're like, oh no, I ain't losing anything else. So no, you're not going to take the weight off. But what if you said, I'm going to shed the weight, I'm going to melt the weight, right? Like, so there's different words that impact you differently. And so that's a big thing I work with people on. Yeah. And I don't want to change this into a weight loss episode because, I mean, I know that's a popular topic. That's why the diet industry is a billion billion dollar industry. (laughs) um, (laughs) I just want to follow up on what you said just to reaffirm personal experience. Um, I have I have CPTSD. I'm experiencing CPTSD. (laughs) It's a whole nother topic. But one of the symptoms of my CPTSD is that I'm overweight. And, and I, for a long time would say, I can't, there's nothing I can do to lose weight or, or I need to lose weight, lose weight, lose weight, lose weight. And I have been told along, you know, I've known this concept of I'm releasing the weight. I'm shedding the weight. You know, I've, Mm -hmm. yes, my logical mind hears it. I'm like, yeah, that makes total sense to me. But I just want to share a personal experience that recently I've started doing hypnosis, which you mentioned in some of your clinics. I love hypnosis, but just at home, free podcasts, the weight loss hypnosis. I've lost two and a half pounds with doing absolutely nothing this week, (laughs) (laughs) except the hypnosis, like, because it's in my subconscious, right? Mm -hmm. Like the Mm -hmm. thing in my subconscious, all the stuff I downloaded through the trauma and everything else is stuck there going, hold on to this, you need protection, you need those extra inches, you need, you know, all this mental, it's all like you said, in the mind. And the energy that I took in and things that I've just held on to my brains going, no, 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 I'm not losing this. And so, you know, shifting the way that we, like you said, the downloads, the words that come out, Mm-hmm. I'm just here to prove what Anna Marie is saying is absolutely true. 
So thanks for listening to that. (laughs) I like, I want to know everybody. It is very powerful because I do all the other things. I exercise. I eat amazingly. I mean, Mm -hmm. I take care of myself in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. But there's that mind. The mind is just leading us around. (laughs) Well, it's powerful. And then also our bodies are all different and they're all supposed to be different. And depending on anthropology, like where you evolved from, Mm -hmm. the more your ancestors came from the equator, the darker your skin's going to be, the taller you're going to be. The more Northern you are, the shorter you're going to be. And the more fat your body is naturally going to want to keep on because you you know, it's cold there. Um, And so I think there's that too, you know, so it's like, we need to just stop this whole thing about, you know, because people say, oh, I need to lose weight. But it's like, do you really even want to? Do you have energy all day? Do you feel good? Or are you using someone else's standard of how my body should look to say I need to lose weight? Because that isn't going to work, right? So, And I guess you're right, because that is then a download that we're telling ourselves, or we're listening to society and believing. And then our insides, our DNA are going, hell no, I'm yeah. fine the way I am. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I think that's really important. Overall health, if you're feeling really well, and mm-hmm. you have all those qualities that you just mentioned, why change it? I mean, for mm-hmm. me, there's some things that I know will feel better in my body if I lose some extra weight, if I release some ex- extra weight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, this is my test, my test run in language. (laughs) (laughs) Test experiment 1000, whatever, but. uh, And I will say to you guys, if we take this a step further, like your DNA and where you're probably truly supposed to be metabolically as well. If you're telling, if you're like, oh, I need to lose weight. Oh, I need to lose weight. And you're trying to program that in, but your DNA is like, no BS. You're supposed to be 20 pounds heavier than what this metric scale says. Mm -hmm. Then the subconscious download is I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough until I look this way. I'm not good enough until I lose this weight. I'm not good enough, blah, blah, blah. So there's also these, where are these neural networks that we create, they get crossed and they get programmed in the brain not in the context of what our conscious brain wants it to do, which is like a whole nother thing. Yeah. (laughs) Mm. So much good information here. I can definitely tell you're going to be on another episode of mine in the future. So I want to ask you some questions here and get some, some real good concrete tips for everybody. That's just going like, okay, give me more, give me more. Uh, So you already mentioned it. We've been through some pretty horrific chaotic times just amplified in the last couple years. Mm -hmm. And there is a lot of people that are experiencing anxiety, have a very anxious mind. So I would love if you can give some tips on ways to, I mean, you've kind of already mentioned some, but if there's more to elaborate on that. Yeah, for sure. So one of the things you guys can do, literally, if you were to wrap your arms around your body, like say, you know how you like cross your arms when you're talking to someone, mm-hmm. if you were to cross your arms when you're talking to someone, the one hand that's on the back of your arm, mm-hmm. if you were to take your middle finger and kind of press it in the back of your arm and then take your other hand and wrap it around kind of like your waist, where your bra line would be on the side of your body. Like if you were to go okay. straight down your armpit, where your bra line would be, take your middle finger and press there. If you press into those two places and they feel a little tender, 
you need to spend some time there and you need to breathe. I have clients that I have them lay in bed before they fall asleep and they hold these points. This is called the triple warmer cool down. You're like, what the heck's that? Well, you have all these meridians that flow through the body that are literally these highways of energy that connect different organ systems and connect different muscles. And what happens when you're in fight or flight, that triple warmer becomes like, you know, the big dog and it starts sucking all the energy from all the other meridians. And so what you're doing is you're holding that point to say, calm down. Everything's okay. Everything's okay. So from, um, you know, our uh, energy response, right? This is going to help shift that. Um, so that's a, a little energy tip that's that I have for people and it works great. so well. Um, the other thing is to, obviously everybody knows about breathing. Okay. So y'all know to slow down and breathe, but when you catch yourself being in that heightened state, there's one question I want you to ask yourself. What is possible if I didn't allow this to have this physical response, mm, right? Like what is possible if I didn't allow this anxiousness to overwhelm me right now? Because what you're doing is you're literally shifting how your brain is functioning and you're trying to force your brain to become more analytical and use your frontal lobe. So you're trying to force that amygdala in the limbic system to shift into a more executive function and ask yourself a question, right? Like questions are so powerful, right? But they're powerful when you're asking them with like not judging yourself, Mm -hmm. right? Like, okay. So you experience anxiety, you experience anxiousness. Okay. Well, what's, what's that like for you? Where do you think that's stemming from? What's possible if you were able to move past it and once you can start like approaching things. And I know that that was a huge part of my healing when I started to approach myself without judgment, right? Like I've made big mistakes in my life. I've chosen to do dumb things and be around people that weren't kind to me. Like I've had, you know, like life, all of us have had it, but I knew like it was a really profound moment when things from my past came up. And I, I didn't have that physical response or that judgmental response from within. And it was like, that's a part of my story. That's what makes me unique. That's what makes me powerful is that I went through those things, you know? And I think if more people allowed their story to not define them, but to like catapult them, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's the most powerful place you can be. And, And only you can choose that. Like, that's, what's really cool about it is it's up to you to choose these things. And so another part of anxiety is knowing you have a choice Mm. because we feel like when we're having an anxiety attack or when we're feeling super anxious, like we don't have a choice, like you feel out of control. And the thing is you have all the control and you have a choice. And that's, that gives you back what a lot of times we need when we're feeling very anxious. Yeah. And I'll say just another plug for uh, natural medicine is that that's something you learn if you're seeing a practitioner is that we do have a choice and, you know, allopathic or conventional medicine really does teach us, train us that we don't, you know, like, like you said before, experience anxiety. Oh, you have anxiety. Like they all, it's almost put on as a badge of like, you're going to have this forever and just take a pill when you're feeling anxious. And that, that pill is a choice, I guess, to take, but 
Yeah. I would, I would hope that more people will start to learn that there's other, other ways, other things we can choose. Yeah. And the thing about it is like depression, anxiety should never be diagnosis. They're a side effect of something else going on, but in our medical community and how things are mm-hmm. with insurance companies, the more diagnosis codes you can put on somebody's chart, the more money you're going to make, Yeah, which is like, that's, that's crazy. Right. right. But yeah, but I mean, yeah, staying in my lane, it's all about, you know, how can we calm that limbic system, that amygdala and, um, you know, and then there's supplements too, that yeah. can be really powerful. Um, like I created a lot of one formula called calm you, um, and it has the GABA in it, the lemon balm, the holy basil, the B vitamins that you need, you know, it's just a, it's a combination that can be really helpful. Um, if you are, you know, deficient or you need something, something quick, because ultimately you have to train the brain to get out of that fight or flight mode. And you can do these things I'm sharing with you, but you have to be consistent with it and just know you're not going to have to do it forever, but it's like exercise, right? Like it takes a lot of exercise to get in shape (laughs) and then you can go into a maintenance mode, right? Like it's, it's always way easier to go into maintenance mode than it is to like get started and do all the things. And so once we get your brain to that space where you can go in maintenance mode, it's like, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, you can't work out once a week and expect that you're going right. to, you're going to, you know, and the other thing, I guess, like to add on to that, if, you know, for people that have experienced this, you work out once a week and you're super sore yeah. for a long time. And then you're super sore the next time you're super sore the next time. And so it actually makes it harder because you're like, I don't want to do yeah. that. It makes me sore. But if you're, if you're doing it, like you just said, consistently at first, Right. You're not going to have so much of like the negative side effect. It's going to just yeah. be mostly positive. Yeah. So I want to talk about, so like just mood in general, are there some other just, you know, let's just take it, take off the anxiety label. And yeah. Just, like mood in general, this episode we're recording right now, right after an- yet another horrific school shooting. A lot of people are just in this like heavy, like, whoa. Like, yes, I'm slogging through life right now. Yeah, I'll put on a happy face, but their mood is saying something yeah. different. So what are some good ways right now? Because I, I hope more of that's not going to happen, but there's going to be a lot of stuff <laughs> happening yeah. always. How can we shift our moods into being in a happier, healthier mindset? Yeah, well, I think <laughs> one of the most important things is to focus on what we can control and how we can support and give back. Right. Like, I think that's an important piece to it. I I did do a post about mental health and I do have like the questions of like, you know, probably a lot of people have, I'm like, why is it always, why does it always seem like it's a boy and why, um, you know, were they on antidepressants? And then there's some, you know, like someone sent me a message that, yeah, four out of the last five shooters were on antidepressants. And it's like, okay, and what else is going on? Like, this is so multifaceted and multi-layered. But what's interesting, me staying in my lane around mental health, and it is May Mental Health Awareness Month, and posting something and asking questions about nutrition and, and all this, I had an in my inbox, I had multiple people 
that like jumped down my throat about gun rights and it's not mental health. Yeah, it's a problem, but we need stricter gun rights. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like this is where we all need to take a step back and not attack each other and support each other. Right. Like I get there's a gun problem. I get that there's, you know, whatever, like whatever, but I have to stay also in my lane. Right. And focus on what I have control over. Because if, if I focus on, on gun rights and all that, I that makes me like, oh, uh, like yes. I can vote. I can vote and that's what I can control. I can, can do. to, you know, a senator and all that. Yes, I can do those things. I think a lot of times we can get caught up in the emotion and then we're reacting versus responding. Yes. So to stabilize our moods we need to like step back and say, am I reacting or am I responding? If you're responding, you're responding without being super emotional about it, right? If you're reacting, you're probably super heightened and emotional about it. And I'm not saying like, it's bad if you respond emotionally, like that's just a natural response, right? Like we all process things differently. And I think we need to respect each other for that. But also it's important. We can respond. We have a better opportunity to respond versus react when we take good care of ourselves. So are you getting enough sleep or are you scrolling on social media for an hour or two hours before you go to bed? Are you going outside first thing in the morning, putting your bare feet in the grass, getting some natural sunshine on your body first thing in the morning and then in the afternoon? Because some people are just inside every day, right? Or opening a window. Um, do you have plants in your home? right? Because bringing nature inside your home, if you spend a lot of time in your home or in your office, that has been shown to really help lower cortisol levels and help stabilize your mood and help you feel better. You know, are you eating pineapple and cashews and turkey and like these different things that naturally help you with serotonin production, right? So there's all these things that we can do, but I think the basics is where we are we are literally not doing the basics. We're not getting the sleep. We're not getting the sunshine. We're not eating, you know, I have clients. I'm like, how many vegetables do you eat a day? Well, I don't eat them every day, but maybe like two, three times a week. Mm. Like that is not okay. You guys, that is not okay. And you know, fruit, it's like, how much fruit do you eat? Well, maybe, you know, a couple times a week too. No, you guys remember food is information in the body. So we are lacking these nutrients and these basic things that our body needs. So it's like, if you want to start somewhere, don't think, oh, I got to get rid of all the bad food in my house. Like, I'm not saying that, right? I'm saying, can you pick up a bag of organic apples and eat an apple every day? Can you pick up, you know, some carrots and eat five baby carrots a day? Or I mean, even save yourself some money, buy the big old carrots and, you know, get, you know, they taste better too. (laughs) And just, you know, eat a big old carrot, show a little kid, a big carrot. And they're like, what is that? Cause they're so used to baby carrots. They like no idea what a giant, they call them a giant carrot. Right. Right. So, you know, and like right here, I'm, I have an, my lunch was, um, eating an avocado and, um, with some hot sauce. And then I have my little kombucha here. It was just, I wouldn't say that's my lunch. It's like my little snack. Right. I like do like uh, breakfast and then I do a dinner and in between, I'm just like a little bit of snacks, but like get back to like real stuff, be outside, eat healthy, move your body, quit judging yourself. You're doing the best you can. And if you need help, get help, you know, like so important, but I think those are the things we can control and that's what we should focus on. Yes, definitely. What are you doing for yourself right now? Besides nutrition and all the things you mentioned, I'm sure you do a lot of that. Is there any 
extra support you're bringing in right now for yourself to and you're a mom so yeah <laughs> uh it, it just feels a little extra hard for us right now <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um just emotionally is there anything extra you're doing for yourself or even for your kids right now just to help yeah. the mood and the mental health yeah so i've um i've started working with other practitioners for myself and um like last week i went and got a massage i hadn't done that in a long time um, I have my son working with a practitioner tomorrow morning. I'm excited to do some different energy work and, and whatnot. I, I did a energy work session with a, like body code, energy code or emotional code, things mm-hmm. like that. So I'll bring in working with other practitioners when I'm like, like, okay, there's, you know, I'm ready to shed another layer mm-hmm. because I think that's the other thing. And as a practitioner, we can do all the things like I can do all the things at my center and all that. But like, it's always when I work with somebody else, I just feel like I get so much more value in the compound effect is so powerful. And maybe it's because I'm in this industry, but I learn so much about myself and it helps me become not only aware of myself, but then more aware of, Oh, I wonder like with that person, if you know, they would benefit from this. So those are some things that I bring in. The other thing is too, with COVID is I just let go of the guilt. Like for example, when the kids were at home on the computer, I was getting in arguments with my son or really just raising my voice with him more than I feel comfortable with Mm -hmm. because he was showing up every day on zoom and he was getting D's Mm -hmm. and I'm like, you need to turn this in and I'm like, and then it took me probably a couple weeks, but I had to just say F it. My kids showed up. They turned in stuff. Fine. If they didn't find my daughter taught herself gymnastics on, I bought her a trampoline and she was jumping on the trampoline. And it was like, I just had to, I had to let go of that. And then I had to let go of, you know, a lot of other things. So I think the best thing I've done for myself is let go of the things that I can't control or that aren't worth it, you know? And so that's for everyone to figure out on their own, but yeah. And then just getting more help from other practitioners and because it's just, it's worth it every time I feel like. Yes, 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 yes. I'm going to second that. Definitely. Um, Anna Marie, thank you so very much. Is there any last words of wisdom you want to share or you think you think we're good? Oh, man, I think that <laughs> we are good other than, yeah, just like give yourself a break and like you have to take care of yourself. Like that is 100% key and taking care of how you're thinking and your mental health is is so powerful. Definitely. And I almost forgot. I want to just ask about this real quick. On that note, you actually um, have a book called Stop Bullying Yourself. It's for greater health, wealth, happiness, and success. That's something somebody can use to help themselves. And that book is available on your website. Is that correct? Yeah, it's available on happyholeyou.com or you can get it on Audible and I will read to you. How exciting. All right. Well, I'm going to add this book to my book list in my Facebook group. Thank you so very, very much. It was such a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Our stories may be different, but we all have one thing in common. We're all trying to figure out how to navigate life on this planet, and none of us have it completely figured out. No matter what you're going through in your life, just know that you are never really alone. Come back every Wednesday for more inspiration and connection, and follow me on Instagram at the Dragonfly Mama so we can stay in touch between episodes.